like every single time I've tried to plan for anything, it's never worked. It's just a matter of going with opportunities as they arise and and doing things that maybe make you a little uncomfortable, but you just know are right. Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hey, all right, friends, we are back here with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast, and uh, we are recording to you with you today from the rain. Uh, unfortunately, out here in the mountains, or fortunately for some, uh, I, I do love me some summer. Um, but yeah, we're experiencing a whole bunch of melt out here. So the uh, pile of snow that was taller than my truck is uh, now a pile of ice that's taller than my truck because it's been raining on it for a while. The uh, trails are in challenging conditions uh post hauling to your ankles not the most ideal thing this time of year and the avalanche danger is crazy high but it is still beautiful to get outside and i was outside got absolutely soaked on my uh trail adventure this morning and that's okay because uh, i was outside appreciating the magic of being rained on and snowed on and slushed on and running on ice, black ice, through mud puddles and bare pavement and uh, bare dirt on that jaunt. So um, yeah, welcome to springtime in the Rockies. But that's okay. That is what's happening. So I hope you've already had a chance to opt outside today and go and experience some of the magic that is around you outside, just like I did. Because even though it may not be ideal, uh, it definitely improved my mood and I felt a heck of a lot better being outside. Uh, and as pretty frequently out here, being the only one outside in these conditions, it was great. And uh, that brings me to today's topic. And I think this is going to become a two-part uh two-part episode because uh, if you listen to the episodes a couple episodes back, I uh, talked to my friend Elena about the different healings that I offer and the different ways of change that can happen. Uh, and one of the things that I've noticed as I'm recording this at the beginning of March 2022 is there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff right now, mental health-wise, family situations, work situations, uh, taking a quick look at where people are listening from, and thank you so much for listening. There's a whole variety of different countries, like 30-something countries people are listening from, and things are different in all of them. Um, where I live up here in Traktiaktuk, uh, there are a lot of really harsh things still happening, and in other places, uh, the world is normal. So a lot of things happening, and it really got me thinking about what's something that I can share now that people can can take action on. And uh, the first thing I was thinking about was grief. Um, so we're going to go through a bit of the stages of grief and some of the things that can happen there, and then move that into self-care, because the things seem to be very closely tied. And like I said, the, the mental health aspect right now is huge for everybody. Uh, regardless of where you are, what you're doing, um, there's been a lot of a lot of strange things over the past two years and a lot of change over the past two years. Um, and a lot of growth. So why don't we kind of break that down a little bit here 
and uh, share some of the wisdom uh, that we can connect with. Uh, and as always, with a focus on the ways that being outside can help you. Uh, but to kick it off, uh, grief, you know, grief is a challenging emotion to go through. And it's one that is uh, often kind of just kicked kick to the curb in a way, um, not really acknowledged that much in society, not really focused on much in society. And um, especially if you're a boy <clears throat> like me here, uh, there's not a lot of resources that are out there. Well, actually, there's not a lot of resources out there until recently about what to do and how to process it for yourself. So we're going to go into those. But there is this really famous model. And if you're a Simpsons fan like myself, I'm actually going to link the, uh, there's a clip from an old, old, old Simpsons episode with Homer Simpson in it, where he goes through the five stages of grief in about 45 seconds. Um, and that can happen. But um, what happens is that uh, there's this theory, and it was uh, developed by a psychiatrist uh, named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And that after it was specifically designed for after loss of a loved one. And uh, many of us have experienced that multiple times in our lives. Um, and, and those steps of loss are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Uh, now, what's, what's also happening is that there's a lot of people whose entire worlds are being flipped around right now with some of the different political decisions being made, some of the different... Um, choices being made by people and the way that things are being presented or not presented and not shared as they were in different places around the world. Um, what may be hidden or what may be coming to light, there's a lot of challenging things to to deal with. And there's this big aspect right now happening of the death of many of the systems that people considered infallible. And the death of trust in many of the institutions that people consider to be trustworthy. So I think that a lot of this can apply as well, not just to whether you're you're working with the death of death of someone who is close to you, but also the death of a part of the part of the spirit, part of the psychology, part of the experience that we're all having um, that wasn't built on what you thought it was built on. That things are different than what you've been led to believe. So again, we have denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So to go through them real quick here, uh, the first stage of theory, denial. And what happens with denial is it's it's happening to try to prevent the pain of loss, to, to maybe, not, maybe not to prevent it, but to minimize what's happening there. So no, it's not happening because it can't be happening. You know, Maybe you got a diagnosis for the C word. Um, it's not happening because it can't happening. I can't be having this. I'm too young. I have kids. I have all these things to do, whatever it might be. Uh, it can be really challenging to believe that this is a possibility. And if it's you know the event of a, a friend, a lover, a uh, parent or relative um, who dies, then it can be hard to believe. Like I talked to that person this morning. What do you mean they're dead? So this big piece of denial and that can be really painful, um, you know, to, to, to have that. So no, he, he's not dead because he can't be dead. That that's not possible. Um, it's, it's a way to pretend that the loss didn't happen while we're also trying to absorb and to comprehend what actually is happening. So whether that's, you know, relationship or, or a friend connection or, uh, our worldview, um, 
things are shifting and changing. So, you know, that can be, that can be challenging to go through. And um, although at the same time, it's trying to help, it's coming up to try to prevent feeling overwhelmed by all of the emotions that come up. So, you know, that may be, it may take a while to go through this. It may not take a while to go through this. Everybody is individual, you know, everybody's got a unique set of experiences and things can happen at different times for people. So whenever that is done, we then move into anger where there's a lot of emotional discomfort and anger is coming up to move energy. You know, I work, I work energetically. So that's one of the big things. Anger is not bad. There's a lot in our society focused on anger being bad. And that's not true. Anger comes up to try and move energy, move. It is in motion to move. So how are you going to move through it? Can you move through it constructively or destructively or just stay in that rage thing? I'm sure everybody out there who's listening is aware of someone in their experience who is just like a roid rage monkey, um, always angry about something. And what can happen is like this this level of emotional discomfort means that there's a lot to process and anger is providing an outlet for that. But it's also a way to like block and push people away. So, you know, and, and in many ways it's, it's much more acceptable. And again, especially if you are a male in uh, the society that we've been conditioned into, it's much more acceptable to say, oh, I'm angry than, oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm feeling vulnerable. So by expressing that anger, there's less, less possibility in our minds of judgment or of rejection. So when we are going through all these emotions that we have at the loss of whatever we've just lost, you know, that the anger is trying to come out and help us, but it needs to come out constructively. Can we take it out? Hey, I'm angry about this situation. I'm angry about the loss of, of uncle Bill. Um, great. Please don't take it out on a person, you know, like go to the driving range and hit some golf balls or go chop wood for a couple hours or scream into a pillow, punch a pillow, whatever you need to do to process it out because keeping it bottled up just means it's going to come out somewhere else. So when, when we're through with the anger, we then go into bargaining and... Again, we're, all these things are coming up so that we're trying to alleviate the pain or experience the minimum amount of pain that we can with this type of loss. So to try and avoid it, people will make bargains with things. Um, many people who, who don't have a strong religious or spiritual practice may be drawn to make bargains with God, quantum prayer, the devil, uh, you know, begin a praying practice. Uh, you know, make make deals with somebody. Like if 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 you can heal yourself, say it's a cancer diagnosis. Hey, if you can heal yourself from this, like I will stop drinking. I will stop doing whatever. You know, I will. I want to do what I can to to help this because I don't want to experience what I'm experiencing. Um, you know, if if I will never be angry again if you can stop this from happening. So. What was really interesting is that this starts to also bring in the, the idea of a higher power or a spirituality into processing this loss and what we're grieving for. So, you know, we're trying to find a bargain, trying to find a way to connect and do something to keep things how we know. And that brings up then awareness that we're, we're human. Um, things are happening. They're not good or bad or otherwise. We're having an experience, but 
the experience is challenging. So we're trying to do everything in our power to not have to go through what's going to be a challenging experience. And also, you know, we, we tie into a big part of like feeling helpless. Like there's, there, what, what can I do to help stop this? Can I, can I comfort this person in pain? Can I change it? Um, it's also when we can bring up, you know, regrets or, or errors we've made in dealing with a person and dealing with a situation. Oh my gosh, I could have done this differently. I could have done this differently. Um, I mean, I could share a couple of things in my life of challenging experiences I've gone through and definitely have experienced that of, Hey, if I had done this differently, that person might still be here. Um, it's something we all need to work through and that's okay. So, you know, it's, at the same time, there's there's no guarantee that had I done something differently, had someone else done differently, that we wouldn't still be in this painful position. So we are going to have to go through it, and it's okay. But this part of trying to to make a deal with someone to to keep them around or make a deal deal with you know a spiritual aspect um, that can happen. After that, uh, you know, our imagination is searching for all these different things we could do. Uh, we we may go into a depression because you're almost hit in the face with a two by four of what is actually happening. Oh gosh, trying to, trying to make a deal with this isn't going to work. And you actually have to look at what is happening. Someone's got a diagnosis of cancer. Oh gosh, this is actually happening. Um, someone has died. Oh gosh, this is happening. Uh, your worldview is falling apart. Oh gosh, holy cow. And it can be really easy to go into depressed um, because you can't avoid it. You're there and you're like, oh my gosh, I see this everywhere now. Or I, I see memories of this person everywhere now. And that's really challenging. Uh, and it can also be a time where people start to go inward because the sadness is growing out and you don't feel like being sociable because you're experiencing so much. Uh, you're not connecting with friends uh, to share what you're going through. Um, and we've really isolating because you just want to be by yourself, but then that can just circulate and spiral around, you know, going down that spiral, going down that spiral of being depressed and being more depressed. And oh my gosh, I can't eat this for dinner because that was my dad's favorite. And, or I could, I can't do this today because, oh, we did that together. And you just start to lose some of the spark and the joy of life. Um, and I do want to add, this is important if anyone is going through that right now, um, there are resources out there. There are tons of suicide hotlines you can call. Um, you know, you have, you have to take a, an aspect of responsibility for yourself as well to, Hey, if I'm going through this, I am going to reach out and it can seem hard and it can be, you know, you don't want to expose vulnerability. You don't want people to think less of you, but there are tons of people who are very happy to assist moving through this. It's getting through that mental block in our own head of asking for help or telling people that you're struggling. Now, eventually we move through the depression and come to acceptance. So it's not that when we get to the, the point of acceptance, it's not that we're not having an awareness of what's happening and it's, it's not still emotional. It's that you, start to become present with the reality. You know, I shared the story of my run earlier today. Uh, it was snowing, it was raining, it was wet. It was, you know, some people would immediately go to, it was miserable to be out there, but it wasn't. It was weather being weather. 
I wasn't trying to make it something different. I addressed for the conditions and I went out there and accepted what is for what is and made the best of the situation. I didn't try to force it to be something else. So when we get to the acceptance part, I'm not trying to resist the reality of what's happening up there. I'm not trying to make it be something different. I'm just going to accept it and go out into it anyway and work with it. Hey, this person's got a cancer diagnosis. Okay. That may not be something I can change, but I can change my opinion about it. I can change my attitude about it and I can work with the situation. So you may still be experiencing sadness or regret, but it's less likely to have some of the other aspects of the earlier emotions, the denial, the bargaining, and the anger, um, because you're present, you're there, you're working with what is. So, you know, that alone is is a really great lesson. And, and this is a, a really great segue into, I mean, there's some of the Eckhart Tolle stuff, the power of now. All we have is this now minute, which is a constant now second. You know, I am in the now, I am in the now. It is always now. Their past and future are concepts, but I am constantly experiencing the now. So I have this choice. I can allow the past to determine what I'm doing in the now or a focus on the future, take take uh, emphasis and awareness away, or I can be here right now. What can I do right now to feel better? What can I do right now to process this emotion? What can I do right now to support a friend or a loved one who's got a cancer diagnosis, who's who's got whatever, whose world is exploding on them right now, who just was fired from their job for an arbitrary reason? Um, whatever it is, hey, cool, I'm here. So this is this is you know what can what happens and goes through, and there's you know a variety of situations that it can be it can be brought from but there's also like a lot of healing that can that happens and does happen and a lot of growth that happens as we go through these different stages of grief now oh, i wanted to bring it up now which i talked a bit about at the intro to this was there is a lot of stuff happening in our world right now in early march i'm not going to go into current events that is not my focus and there are so many different opinions about any of the current events it's really not worth getting into an argument or discussion about but suffice it to say that there are different interpretations of what's happening and there's a lot that people collectively have lost so i wanted to focus on grief because a lot of stuff has been lost and has been changed over the past two years um think jobs think friendships think relationships uh perhaps family members perhaps people you know died um perhaps you know you haven't had a vacation for two years you haven't had a break from your kids for two years whatever it is there's a lot to be in a process of grieving about and it's really important to acknowledge that and to to in some way come to peace with where you are and now like i said my focus is wisdom of the wilderness and the way nature can help us heal my background is in a variety of things and i've had some very interesting experiences in my life which could be multiple podcast episodes on their own as i was talking to a friend about yesterday uh, i'm gonna say hello out there on the east and what's important is how how we can move through this but but also like what are some strategies and suggestions and tips because what i've noticed and experienced from my life is that grief tends to be around situations um, that were traumatic in some way 
whether it is me experiencing something or a friend experiencing something. Uh, traumatic job loss. That's always a thing. Loss of a child, loss of a parent, loss of a partner. There's a lot of ways that we go into this with that connection of grief to loss and some of the things that we can do to start moving ourselves through everything to process it, I figured would be helpful. So this is just going to be a list of some of the things that I do. I talk a little bit about them and strategies that I've seen other people in my awareness apply to their lives that they can work with. This may also split itself into another episode focusing specifically on self-care, so uh, just a, just a heads up. But as we're working with all of the stages of grief and through that, there are some great things that we can do. And some of those are just presence activities. Um, you could call them mindfulness activities. And the big one is breathing. Take a breath. From the perspectives I've learned from some of the different healing modalities, you know, breathing connects us to all that there is. Breathing brings oxygen into our lungs. Breathing allows us to inhale the goodness of life and exhale what no longer serves us. It can access and give us connection with the higher frequencies or higher chakras, however you want to visualize it. But the importance of taking nice, long inhales and exhales. This is one of the things we're taught in first responder courses is, is the person breathing Help them to calm down by focusing on your breath. I can help you when you start breathing. I can help you when you slow down. I can help you when you slow down. Taking a nice deep inhale and exhale. And if you're listening along, play along. No, just notice. You know, take take a take a minute to scan your body. Are you breathing nice shallow, just in the chest, or are you taking nice, full, deep belly breaths? Uh, perhaps you know, pranayama or ujjayi breathing from yoga classes. Um, Wim Hof breathing, breathing is a different one, but connecting with our breath, because when we start to pay attention to our body, we really can become present and get back into this mindset of, I am here, this is happening now, I am present. Uh, some other things that, that have helped, um, having some type of ritual or performing some type of ritual connected with that loss, you know? Uh, the example of the end of a relationship, hey, maybe that means it you get rid of all the stuff that uh, your lover had given you, all those gifts. Maybe not. Maybe you're not ready for it. Um, that is something that I've found to be very catalytic and very cathartic to, to release energies or to release things. Um, the loss of a job, maybe that's the same thing, removing any, any uh you know, do you have business cards in your wallet? Uh, do you have any branded merchandise you were given from said company? Um, you know, getting rid of that, donating that, that can be a huge thing. So, but some type of ritual, and that can also be something as much as, you know, like, hey, I've lost this, but maybe I'm going to start to look at uh, what what I can learn from it or what benefits could come from it. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of different rituals out there to acknowledge the loss and to not minimize it, to say, hey, this happened and I'm going to do this to release some of that energy. Um, in moving through everything, I'm setting small goals, you know, Hey, you're processing a lot. Maybe your, your partner of 40 years just, just passed away in front of you. I'm um, processing a lot, but like set a small goal today. I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to get up by 8am. I'm going to go for a walk regardless of what the weather is. I'm going to go 
meet with this person today. I'm going to find out about how estates work. I'm going to go and call this. Whatever it is, just setting small goals because that does give something to check off. And it can feel really good and help you, again, to be present by meeting some small goals. And that's okay that the goal might be, I got out of bed today. That's okay because we're all in different places or people go through different things with these different stages of grief. So having a goal, whatever it is, can really help to start processing and moving through things. Kind of tied to that is um, taking action. So, you know, to, to meet a goal, you need to take an action. Goals don't meet themselves. So, hey, I'm going to get up and go for a walk today. Okay, great. You did that. You're taking an action. So sort of, sort of self-explanatory. They tie to each other. Um, one of the big ones, and again, it's, it's nice to see some semblance of this becoming more, uh, a greater awareness of this in the society of which we are part, uh, but asking for help and having that become something that's okay. You know, have it can sometimes feel like it takes a lot of courage to ask for help. Maybe you're a single mom struggling with a lot of things right now. Maybe you're a single dad struggling with a lot of things. Maybe you're on your own in a brand new place and have found it hard to to make connections. Asking for help can put us in a vulnerable place, but it also, by going into that place, opens up opportunities for people to help you. Um, you know, I gave you the example earlier. Hey, you can be hard in the depression thing. Like it might be considering suicide. Uh, if that is something you're doing, you can ask for help. There are resources out there. Uh, or, you know, in going through it and you've just experienced a loss of, again, the, you know, a loved one of 40 years, um, asking your friends for help. Maybe you know someone that's a, a tax specialist that can help you dealing with the government stuff related to that. Maybe you know somebody who could uh, come with you for emotional support um, to identify a body or, you know, to, to help cancel driver's licenses and credit cards or things like that. But asking for help really can help to move through some of these different things. Um, gosh, yeah. A, a big part, too, like I mentioned breathing earlier, is um, is, is taking care of yourself with uh we all require food and water in some capacity to be alive. So drink water, um, eat something, even if you don't feel like it, it will help you feel better, but we can start processing things and especially a lot of emotional things when we are drinking water or adequately hydrated. Uh, the next thing I have down here is, you know, as we're, as we're going through it, um, it can be challenging to, to do this or to hear it or to realize it, but to ultimately know that we are responsible for ourselves. So, you know, if you're in a depressive state, you are the one who can change that. If you are in an anger state, uh, you are the one who can change that. There is no emphasis. There is no obligation of anyone else to change things for you. You are ultimately responsible for yourself. And this is a, a big point that's really important to me. Uh, my responsibility is for me and your responsibility is for you. And I can help you and support you in doing things, but I cannot do things for you. So being aware of that, you know, say there's siblings and a, a parent pass away, each one is going to go through something different, but we're ultimately responsible for how we deal with that and process it on our own, not someone else. So you can expand that as far 
as far out or as little out as you'd like, but you know, to, to ultimately realize that as we go through these things, no one is going to do it for you. Someone can help you, can assist you, but be be aware of that because it might be uncomfortable and you might not like it, but you're going to have to go through it. So even that, just moving to the acceptance state is great. Uh, the big one, the reason I started this podcast, all of the ways that nature is here to support us, that we are connected to our environment. We evolved outdoors. So opt outside. I mean, it's the REI hashtag thing, but I love using it, you know, go outside because when we are outside, we really can, we can go for a walk and we can start to process emotions. Maybe it's going in circles and, you know, it may not feel helpful, but we're taking action. We're getting out of uh, a situation in a way, you know, say we're in the house. I'm in, I'm in the house recording this right now. I could be outside and I'm, I'm leaving that environment. Um, and it also, it brings in an awareness and a presence that we have because you're outside. So you are exposed to the elements. It's really easy to get accustomed to room temperature, 70 degrees, um, you know, not be concerned about things, but you go outside and Hey, the wind is gusting, or I'm starting to hear birds chirp. Uh, there's a mud pit today. I'm running through mud. That was snow a couple days ago. That's ice chunks in other places. I'm getting wet. I'm feeling it on my face. I'm, I wore shorts today in negative temperatures, uh, or negative Celsius temperatures below freezing. Um, but I have this awareness and I am outside. So even if just for a couple minutes, then even if it's at a subconscious level, there's an awareness that, hey, whoa, we're in a different environment. Things are changing, but we're more present because we are aware. You know, I can sit inside here and record this podcast and temperature doesn't bother me. I don't feel any wind, but as soon as I get outside, it brings in this awareness that can help us to be present. It also gives us all these things that we can perhaps have been taking for granted that we can appreciate. So the birds chirping, the flowers starting to bloom, the buds coming out, and even seeing the circles of life and the cycles of life, especially after loss, seeing, hey, the grass is still green under all this snow and it's going to be growing again. The buds are coming back onto the trees. Um, animals who are, who are hibernating right now, uh, it's about the time they might start becoming back out. So we really are able to experience and see the circle and cycles of life. And maybe the Lion King song is uh, going through your head right now. And that's okay. But when we are out there, we are able to make those connections. And ultimately, you know, it is us who choose how long we'll be in these stages and how we'll be affected. But I hope these strategies and these suggestions can help people to move through some of the stages of grief and even to start by acknowledging that there's a lot of things that have been lost over the past little while. And thank you very much for joining me on today's episode, friends. It is always fun for me to record these, and I do hope you get a lot out of them. As always, if you enjoyed this, please share with your friends, your family members, your colleagues, your coworkers, your hairdresser, the guy at the restaurant, uh, wherever you're going. I do my best to research these and give a lot of good information. And there's a lot of people out there that can benefit from hearing the stories and also having that perspective shift that can come along with, with listening. As well, if you get a chance, I do encourage you. It really helps me out if you can leave a five-star review at the podcast platform you're listening to, as well as maybe even write something. So uh, 
yeah, if you get a chance, please do that. I prefer Apple Podcasts is how I listen to things, but I know that uh, Stitcher's out there, Spotify's out there, Google Play or Google Podcasts, there's a whole bunch of them. So if you get a chance, please do drop a five-star rating and leave a review. That would be fantastic. And with that, have a wonderful day, friends. We will catch you on the next episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness. Mm-hmm.